enjoy taking that deep breath in, letting it out. Just being at one with the divine possibility in the now. Powerful group. Namaste. <clears throat> so for March, as most of you know, we have had a series of lessons based on the book by Dr. Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And we're certain that the individual who practices and embodies these spiritual principles and techniques discussed within Hill's work to the letter and spirit with which the book was written will obtain her or his grandest desire. Now, there is a caveat, don't you know, as always, and the caveat is this. The individual who embodies and practices the spiritual principles and techniques discussed within Hill's work to the letter and spirit with which the book was written will obtain her or his grandest desire, providing they are willing to let go of all that they know, believe, and feel themselves to be at the current physical level. They have to let go of all that they think they are and begin moving into that intention that their purpose, their intention for being in this physical plane at this time, at this most sacred moment of the journey, is to live and be present in perfect form and function. In short, they have to let go and let God. And it is in that instant of complete surrender they experience a divine-defining moment. And a complete renewal of consciousness begins to evolve through their experience. The willingness to let go of the fear and the worries, the energy and the struggle of strife, and all the lower vibrations of energy is the first step to renew and grow rich which is the title of our lesson this morning, Renew and Grow Rich. See, I knew he'd settle down as soon as we got through that piece. He's going to move on to the good stuff. Now, today is, of course, Easter Sunday, and today is a day traditionally spent ushering in the renewal of spring, a time of year, when our world blossoms with warmth and color. And it's a time when we feel life itself revitalizing all that is, making all things new. And it's also the time of year for some to wear bonnets. I'm just so disappointed today. Not one bonnet anywhere. Now, additionally, it's also the time that traditional Christian theologies celebrate the resurrection of the man called Jesus the Christ. So I don't want us to get bogged down in superstition of other beliefs, nor in the debate of what did or did not happen over 2,000 years ago. That's simply a waste of time and energy. And it's time and energy which may be better spent, better spent learning how we may use the story of the resurrection to better our lives, to come into a renewal of our own individual consciousness to grow rich in the expression of spirit in all things good. The story of the resurrection is not about 
an individual rising from the dead. The story of the resurrection is about an individual overcoming limited beliefs, overcoming limited ideas about life, about God, and letting it all go for the sole intention to renew all of their divine energy within their consciousness so that they can overcome all obstacles, even death. The message of Jesus was to love one another. To love one another. And it's easy for us to do that in this environment. We're here. We're spiritual family. We love each other. But we have to take that love out into the world. And we have to love those that look different than we are, that act differently than we do. Even even if it's family, you've got to love them. Even if it's a different political party, huh, you got to love them. Because that's our intention. That's our intention. And when we bring that intention to the forefront of life, loving all as a, as because we want to embody the message of this master teacher, then we are able to say, it is the Father within that doeth the work. Our individualization of the creative intelligence of the universe renews our oneness with source, allows us to develop a Christ consciousness. And the Christ consciousness is an energy, it's a, it's a way of being, an idea, something to aspire to for all of us. The idea of the Christ consciousness is obtained through surrendering all of this ego self and all the limited views of ourselves about life in all of its variations and expressions. The word Christ means the entire manifestation of God through the individual. The entire manifestation of God through the individual. Not a little, not in some areas. The entire manifestation of God through you. For one to experience this Christ consciousness means all the power, all the love, all the creativity, and the goodness of God flows in, as, and through the individual. And we know this about ourselves, and we want to know it about all others as well. Got to take a break, tell a great story here, because this is where Spirit is saying, but it's a true story, and it's great, kind of. You know, when we came, I'm just saying, yeah, when we got here three years ago, we had our own space, or four years ago, and we could do all this stuff where we go out to the community, making the sandwiches for the homeless, and serving as a meeting space for us to go to other areas. And I got a call from a fellow one day who had been to the center a couple of times, and he had heard, he was here one day when I was announcing the soul service luncheon, right? Uh, and we, the ones that do soul services, they love it. I cannot give, tell you enough about those. Anyhow, he calls, he wants to set an appointment, come talk to me. I said, okay. I didn't know what it was about. And he came by and he sat down and he said, you know, I just want to, talk to you about this, your, your lunches that you do for the homeless. I said, okay. Do you want to come help? Oh, no. No, I don't want to do that. And I said, well, how can I help you? And he said, well, I live in the area where you guys deliver the lunches. Said, oh, okay. And he said, those people, those people create a lot of mess in my neighborhood. Those people need to be taken off the street and put elsewhere. Those people 
are making my life difficult. Direct quotes. And what I want to suggest to you, yeah, he's still talking to me. What I want to suggest to you is that you guys give the money to an agency that you're spending on the food, to an agency that can disperse it correctly in a manner so that these guys don't dirty up our neighborhood. And I said, well, tell me what you mean by dirty up our neighborhood. He said, well, you know, you're not the only organization that comes out and feeds the homeless. And I'm thinking, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. He said, but when they do, the, they don't always put their trash in the trash can. They don't always take care of the area like you need them to take care of it. I said, well, is that a big problem? He said, yes, it is. I said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you, and he was, he, he said he was representing his association. I'm not going to tell you which association. One centered in the area. I'll let your mind wander. And he said, and I said, well, why don't you let us work with your association and we'll give you our schedule when we're going to be delivering lunches and you guys can come out and help clean up. He didn't care for that suggestion. And then I said, well, if you don't want to do that, well, how about if you guys just provide us trash cans and we'll make sure that as they eat their lunch, if they don't take an extra one or two to keep feeding them throughout the week, because you have not experienced how good your life is until someone takes our bologna sandwich and banana and cookies and say, thank you, I can eat now for the next three days. Okay. I said, so why don't you give us garbage cans and we'll, we'll try to get it cleaned up. He said, no. He said, I want you to do this. I said, I'll tell you what, I will honor that request. I will honor that request to stop feeding the homeless. Providing you have the president of your association send it to me on written form on your letterhead, stating exactly, please stop feeding the homeless in our area. That was three years ago. I still have not received the letter. And here's what I can't get to with an individual like that, but I know I can get to it through you, to you. And that is, there are no those people. There are only other expressions of the Christ consciousness coming forward through various expressions. And that Christ consciousness is a level of oneness which only knows how to express love. It doesn't care if somebody doesn't pick up their trash, providing compassion and care is being expressed to that individual. Are you ready to do that? If you're ready to do that, then you are ready to move into this consciousness of renewal. Remember, the master teacher said his only commandment was to love one another. And it's for through that power of love, all things become possible and all things remain new. I would love for us to never have to feed someone that's down on their luck again, providing everyone stepped up and fed them for me. And until that happens, we're going to be delivering lunches. You follow that? Whatever your focus has been for this series, 
ensure that it has been one for renewal. And then allow that intention to come forward as more love, more health, more wealth, perhaps just a greater awareness of your oneness with the source from the principles and techniques we've been talking about. This is the time to let go of any and all things that are unlike your higher intention. This is the time for you to renew and grow rich in the ways of presence. And think and grow rich. Hill wrote this. He said, fortunes gravitate to men whose minds have been prepared to attract them just as surely as water gravitates to the ocean. Fortunes, desire, creative energy, love, gravitate to those individuals who have prepared their consciousness, cleanse their triune self of the mundane negative energy and worry and struggle forgetting about anything else anybody else does, forgetting about those people, and realizing there are no those people. There's only God as me and everyone else. Only God as me as everyone else. We let go of that struggle. We begin to understand the experience the purpose, the meaning of the resurrection. You know, the experience that Jesus had in the Garden of Gethsemane, just prior to his arrest and subsequent crucifixion, was his true divine defining moment. That was the moment he actually became the Christ, awakened to a consciousness of the Christ within himself. He let go of his egoic self and stepped into pure spiritual essence. He made the divine surrendering, divine surrendering of all thought he was in in order to become all that he was intended to be. It is in this surrender any and all sense of separation from source was dissolved. And up until that point, there was no doubt that the human egoic Jesus was struggling with the Christ mind. Of Jesus. In Luke 22, it says, being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood, falling down upon the ground. Drops of blood is a metaphor. It's a metaphor depicting the fact that Jesus was deeply enmeshed in fear. And who can blame him because he knew what he was about to go through? Now, this was an entirely understandable reaction for any human being to have. And this is also where the human gave way to the divine. So as we read the rest of the story, we will notice that from the moment Jesus made the divine surrender to the moment of his crucifixion, there was no fear, there was no uncertainty, there was no worry as a part of his reality. Even as he stood before Pilate, when he asked if he was the king of Jews, and his response wasn't one of fear, he calmly said, it is as you say. He had no need to argue, no need to deny or defend. In his defining moment, his true identity had been realized, and he let go of what he was 
and stepped into what he knew himself to be. And it is from that place of divine knowing, only peace, harmony, and oneness with the energy of life remain, as is true experience. Now, we have all been through our own gardens of Gethsemane at some point in time, sometimes more than once. You know, I'm a slow learner. I have to go through those gardens a lot. Perhaps not facing imminent death, but who says we have to be facing loss of life to be sweating drops of blood. Whatever we are over, whenever we are overcome with fear, it is attached to a concern of some sort of loss. Maybe it's loss of a relationship, a loved one, a material possession, a job, or a reputation. Doesn't matter. Regardless of the perceived loss, surrendering our ego, surrendering all that we are to the divine, will always be the answer to remove that dark cloud of fear so that we may walk in the light of our own truth. This series, and I think you've got it by now, has not been about growing in ways of prosperity for the most part. Now that's what the book is written for. But as I've stressed throughout the series, it has been about using the techniques to renew your mind, to expand your energy, knowing that as you expand in with source, all of the in that one greater idea, all of the lesser ideas are maintained. So it has not been about money or abundance. It's been about an evolution of our oneness. It's been about a confidence in our spirituality, in our practice, and our own individual power. And notice the words that we keep coming back to. Practice, 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 technique, technique. Why do we keep coming back to those? Because we have to begin practicing our spiritual beliefs if we're going to live by them. And understand that as I pull this out, and that goes away, understand that the universe itself is not familiar with our practice. It's familiar with how we're feeling, the vibration that we're offering in that moment. And so our practices are designed to raise our vibration, to raise our feeling, to move us into that consciousness of oneness. And part of our practice has to be being confident to let go of what we thought our journey was to be. Got that? Of course you do. You're such a bright group. So I want to tell you a little story. A little story is about a fellow, a lawyer, and he's reading the will of a very, very rich man. Very, very rich man. And he's reading the will to the family of this man that is transitioned. And the will says, to, my, to you, my loving wife, Rose, who stood by me in a rough time, as well as good, I leave her the house and $2 million. The lawyer continued, to my daughter, Jessica, who looked after me in sickness and kept the business going, I leave her the yacht, score, the business, and $1 million. <clears throat> and the lawyer continued, 
with this conclusion, and to my cousin Bob, who hated me, who argued with me, and who said repeatedly, I would never even mention him in my will, well, you are wrong, Bob. Hi, how you doing? The journey has a way of living us if we don't live it. The journey has a way of taking the energy that we're offering at the moment and responding to it based on, based on the energy that we're offering. It will mirror that energy that we're offering. And so if we want to move into this state of being those conscious creators of our journey, being in that state where we know like we know like we know, Everything that I do affirms, everything I do affirms the process of renewal and expansion within my life. The process of renewal and expansion in my life. I was out back earlier this morning and I noticed the trees that we had planted in our secret garden over the trees we had planted in the secret gardens over the years. And you know what? They've grown in the past three to four years. They've grown. And just this past week, the blooms have started to come out. And what I realized is the blooms that are coming out of the trees, they're now bigger than they were when we planted them. The, the leaves are just beautiful. But you know what ha had to happen? They had to release all the leaves from last year in order to grow into the beauty that they are this year. Such a simple example, but so true of our own process. We have to be willing to let go if we are going to grow into our newness. We have to be willing to let go of what we thought the journey was going to be in order to thrive in this moment of now. Someone once said, courage is not a lack of fear but the ability to act while facing fear. And we would add to that, oneness is not a lack of fear, a lack of worry, or even physical troubles. Oneness is the ability to live as your highest self in the face of all else. In the face of all else. To know that when you're looking upon that physical experience, as troublesome as it may seem, your only response needs to be, it is as you say, because you're not going to change the external world. You can only renew your own consciousness. So let the ex external world be, and you live your life in that consciousness of oneness, in that consciousness of renewal. Every divine attribute of spirit spiritual, mental, and physical level evolves into this journey as the individual you, making you at this moment the most spiritually evolved person in the history of all of humankind. You are never to be anyone's doormat. You are never to accept second best. You are never to take no for an answer. And should an obstacle to your divine inspired thought your dream or your goal, your intention, appear on your path. 
you are not to quit. You are not to roll over and start playing dead. You are, you are here to look that obstacle in the eye and either go through it, go around it, or go under it, wherever spirit leads you. The obstacles are not put here to stop you. The obstacles are here to show how strong and powerful you really are in this moment. Esther Hicks said, if you re will release and allow the law of attraction to do the organization, the managing, then you can spend your time doing the things that please you. In other words, let go of the worry. Let go of the concerns. Begin focusing on those things that bring your consciousness, your vibration, so high, so high, that it is always that state of oneness. People are going to see you vibrating and being happy all the time, and they're going to say, you know what, she really annoys me. Good for you. Annoy the crap out of me. We'll have to take that off the tape, I guess. You know, I've always said it's not fair. Esther Hicks gets Abraham channeling, and I get Richard Pryor. We'll re-edit that and say, annoy the hell out of them. There you go. So I want to bring your attention to your affirmation card. And it says, I let go of all that I am in order to become all I am destined to be. Let that be your driving force as you go out into your journey. Let, let that be the force that takes you into the demonstration of your intention, whatever that may be. But don't let an obstacle get in your way. It's not there to test you. It's there to prove you. Understand the difference in those two things? Of course you do. In the story of the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is attributed with saying, Father, if thou art willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but thine be done. Nor my will, my need to control, my ego, my self-invalidation, my human self, my preconceived conscious thoughts and ideas about what I thought was best, getting in the way of my own flow of inner divine energy. Thine will be done. The will of God is this flow of creative essence and energy and a consistent unfoldment of boundless good. When we surrender our egos, in our own gardens of Gethsemane. That's a real tongue twister, you know. I'm really, I'm doing well today, but I'm doing well, right? However that garden appears, we all have them from time to time. It's time to release our past. It's time to release the ego itself, the need to control how presence is going to demonstrate. We are saying in that release to the spirit within, there is no longer my individual consciousness. There is no longer my subconsciousness. There is no longer my individual soul separate from the one. We are saying there is only presence as me, in me, and through me. And I am a conduit for the ever-expressing will of the divine. This driving force of universal mind is always for the expression and demonstration of complete and perfect good. We don't always have to see it. We just have to know it. This type 
of spiritual release, letting go of our need to control the universe. That's a big job, controlling the universe. It's not your job. And when you say, I can let all that go, we automatically begin getting a sense of relief, a sense of freedom. And we can move into a weightless, weightlessness of creation as if we're in zero gravity. That urge you have within. The desire for something more to heal and transform is spirit within, whispering, let go, let go. Just float for a while. felt so good I didn't even have to say to you get you right there but I did just float for a while let your essence come forth our define defining moment is when we give way to the divine within and are renewed by our own consciousness of Christ at that moment as Jesus did we will all know ourselves as pure spirit pure loving energy as the Christ effortlessly moving through the human experience instead of being bound to it. The story of the Garden of Gethsemane is when Jesus experienced his own renewal of spirit. It is the story which leads us to the supposition that when we renew our spirit within, when we experience our own springtime of consciousness, all things become possible, all is made new. Your consciousness is comprised of many layers. There is the conscious mind, or ego. There is the subconscious mind, that which is like a child, and takes suggestion from our conscious mind, creating our beliefs and our fears, even our views about God. Hill wrote, the subconscious mind draws upon the forces of infinite intelligence for the power with which it voluntarily transmutes one's desire into their physical equivalent, making use always of the most practical media by which this end may be accomplished. He said you can voluntarily hand over to the subconscious mind any plan, desire, or purpose with which you wish to transform into concrete form. Just beyond the subconscious layer of our mind, is what Dr. Holmes calls the thin veil of consciousness, separating the consciousness of humankind from the infinite consciousness of, of God. And this veil may be dissolved. It's dissolved through our surrender to our Christ self. And when the veil is removed, the cup is removed from our hands, and thine will is done. We each have a divine moment, a moment when we realize we are the complete manifestation of all we know presence to be. We may have those defining moments while steeped in prayer, while in some sort of crisis or just watching a sunset. Each time we have them, one thing is certain. It is a moment where all we are, all we ever will be, is perfect energy living as perfect energy. Now, the story of the Garden of Gethsemane sets the stage for what happens next in the story of the resurrection. When the followers of Jesus went to the tomb and the stone had been rolled away, we, we enter into a consciousness of oneness, surrendering our ego selves 
removing that thin veil of separation, knowing all things are possible and all obstacles are removed from our experience. We live our journey as the Christ, and the stones are rolled away. Because we're living out of an awareness that there is no separation of the power from us, our presence. There is no stone too large, no obstacle too big, that may not be overcome or removed once we let go and let God. Through you, all things are possible, as you are the opportunity for a consciousness of Christ to manifest in the here and now. Claim your divinity and move beyond your garden, whatever that garden may be, and you will renew and grow rich in ways of presence, presence, and no obstacle will ever be too great to impede your progress. Dr. Eric Butterworth once wrote, any individual is just one thought away from greatness. One thought away. And when we surrender our ego selves, getting that loaded nothingness out of the way, as Emerson, Emerson would say, to the power of source within, we are living the manifestation of the Christ consciousness. And whatever you take with you today, take with you that what you came in here with does not need to be what you leave here with. The energy that you brought into this, this sanctuary on this wonderful Easter day does not need to be the energy that you need that you carry out to the world tomorrow because you have the ability to renew your heart, mind, and soul. And understand that as you begin renewing this energy, allowing it to evolve and get into greater alignment with source, there are going to be people that will repel from you, and that's okay. Some folks are not going to like it that you are evolving and expanding your energy. They're going to be envious that you actually made a move. That's okay. Love them anyway. There are going to be those people that say that because you have expanded and you're moving your energy, they just don't like being around you, and they don't want to come, come into that higher vibrating energy anymore That's so, because they feel maybe you're putting on airs. That's okay. Love them anyway. There are going to be so, those that are so looking at your energy and all that you're accomplishing that they are going to feel almost guilty that they're not operating at the same level of consciousness that you are. And that's okay. Love them anyway. Because when you love them anyway, you're setting the example for them to follow. You're setting the example for them to follow. And that's the story, the purpose of the story of the resurrection. It set the example the rest to follow. Understand? It set the example for us to commune, to be in that state of conscious oneness with Source and say, Thy will be done. And from there, all else is dissolved. From there, we move out into a consciousness of faith and conviction, knowing that as I take each step, I take each step empowered know I am the outlet and the inlet, the alpha and omega of the best that is yet to be. That is what you are, the best that is yet to be. 
what you choose to do, all the techniques, all the principles we've talked about, entirely up to you. Entirely up to you. What you know is that when you begin to use them, when you begin to practice them, when you begin to live them, you're going to look back on this moment and you're going to say and realize, I didn't need to carry all that with me. None of that matters. What matters is my awareness of how powerful I am. Because you truly are powerful. And so is life. So am I. And so it is. Namaste. All right, if you would please say the offering affirmation with me. Infinite mind. Blesses and multiplies my offering. It does its good and perfect work. And returns to me. Multiplied abundantly. And if the ushers would please come forward as they're coming forward, it's my pleasure to introduce again John Stringer. <laughs>